Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 26. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada. I'm joined by Milt Proye of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Milt? Not too bad, Greg. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, I was really looking forward to this podcast and the chance to talk about how we're seeing an uptick in, in service and, and uh, a positive trend. But I think instead, the week 26 report maybe was historic. If we start with CN, did we make some history this week with CN, Milt? Well, uh, yes, I think historic is an appropriate term. Um you know, uh, they have now gone five straight weeks. Uh, as hard as this is to conceive, um, when I say it, it's true. The facts bear it out. They've gone five straight weeks where they have not supplied shippers with at least 40% of uh, cars ordered in a given week. And based on our data, that is the worst five-week run, or the first time that's happened, actually, in five or more years which is frankly remarkable when you pair that with the fact that what we are seeing this year on a demand basis from the grain industry for rail movement is at historic lows. So those two things don't seem to come together. Um, So poor to say the least. Now, order fulfillment performance has a direct outflow And that is the carryover of unfilled orders from one week to the next. And this has been problematic for both CN and CP for some time now, but CN is is hitting new new territory in this regard as well. Coming out of week 26, CN is going to be carrying over 2,700, that's 2,700 unfilled orders into week 27. That makes four straight weeks where the railway has carried 2,000 or more orders over to the following week, each week. And 2,700 is the highest level we've seen for this entire grain year. That's quite remarkable when you think about it. Um, You know, and when we look inside their numbers, uh, by the way, I would go back and say, You know, technically speaking, we could argue CN is on a positive trend, even at 36%. They are better than week 25 and they are better than week 24. Although I don't think there's many people crowing about 36% on on time fulfillment. But inside the numbers, you know, it's the same story we've been talking about week after week after week after week. And it's Vancouver and it's Prince Rupert where CN continues to be terrible with respect to the supply of cars in a timely fashion for shippers. In week 26, CN only managed to supply 27% of orders for Vancouver and Prince Rupert 49%. And when you put those two corridors together, they represented something like 85% of the entire demand for CN in week 26. So when you're performing miserably in your two most important corridors, it, it doesn't bode well for your overall performance. And just for context, you know, this performance, people should not think of it as being, you know, an outlier. Because if we look past the, over the last 10 weeks, 
Um, CN has averaged on a weekly basis 35% to Vancouver and 45% to Prince Rupert. So, you know, as sad as it is to say, the performance we saw in week 26 in these two corridors is kind of normal for what's been going on for the last two plus months. Yeah, really, really incredible stuff. And, you know, it really comes in the, you know, each railway publishes a, a plan in August, you know, detailing how they plan to move grain for the year. And, um, you know, it was, it was stated in that plan that the railways had had, had a plan in place to make sure that all grain was going to get moved. And obviously they had looked at that plan, developed it based on this idea that demand would be higher than it is now. So it just, it's equally surprising that they, <laughs> that they had a plan in place and it's just failed so, so badly here. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, Milton, is it, is it possible they're, they're seeing the low demand and they're just deciding to, to smooth this demand out over multiple weeks instead of running out of grain or something like, like what could be, what be, what could be going on here? Uh, I'm not sure that it's that conscious a strategy. I mean, the railways haven't seemingly, at least outwardly, shown much of a strategy of any kind for the movement of grain, uh, you know, this grain year. Um, you know, the one thing about grain demand is, generally speaking, uh, it will be there, whether the railway comes this week or comes next week or comes the week after that. Um, and what we've seen this year, frankly, is that the railway can come and cars can get loaded and then they can sit there for a month uh, loaded with no movement. So they don't seem too excited uh, by all of that. Um, uh, they do view the demand as, you know, fungible, if you will. Um, the, the urgency in moving it is not significant. And I think, frankly, if we look you know, broadly across the spectrum. And we can do that a little bit with the performance numbers that we see coming out of uh, the data that is reported to Transport Canada on a weekly basis. As bad as it is for grain, when you look at, at the Transport Canada data, um, it's, it's not much better for anybody else and, you know, maybe worse for others. Um, so, Grain's in tough, but by the way, the whole system's in tough. And I'm not sure that that's not even a worse story for the railway. When you think about the fact that, you know, if they were just failing on grain movement, that would be one thing. And it would be something that you could, you know, pinpoint, if you will, from a how do we rectify this situ uh, perspective. But I think they're just, uh, you know, to use a a poor saying uh, in the soup uh, everywhere. I think their network is particularly their Western network, you know, Vancouver, Prince Rupert, Vancouver in particular is a disaster. And since the middle of November, when they incurred those mainline outages, both CN and CP, um, they have never recovered. Like they just never have. And that's, we're going on three months now, which is remarkable when, you know, people have had discussions in the past about recovery and resiliency and all that other stuff. Well, we haven't seen any of that, at least not from CM and really not from CP. Yeah. Well, let's move on to CP. Um, bit of a downward, continued downward trend for them. Uh, week 26, how did it look? Not good. Uh, they're sliding in the wrong direction to be sure. You know, uh, week 24, 
they provided a, a glimmer of hope for shippers when they came up with an 83% order fulfillment performance that week after, you know, the better part of two months where they were frankly terrible. Um, but the last two weeks, uh, trending definitely in the wrong direction, 59% in week 25, 55% this week. Um, so not good. Uh, they also uh, continue to be plagued uh, with the issue of uh, outstanding or rollover orders. Um, not as bad as CN, although there was a time uh, a couple of months ago where CP was actually worse than CN, but uh, right now they're better, but better still means they're carrying 1,500 orders out of week 26 into week 27. And, you know, for context, uh, that's 10 straight weeks where CP has carried over at least a thousand orders from one week to the next. So they just, neither of them uh, can get ahead of, you know, uh, the curve. When you put those two guys together, by the way, coming out of week 26, that's more than 4,200. That's 4,200 orders that the two railways collectively are uh, carrying forward into week 27. That's the highest level we've seen this year. And equally problematic is the fact that for CN in particular, although this also affects CP to a lesser extent, some of those orders that have not been filled are now five weeks old. Um, so, you know, doesn't matter which corner you turn, the news seems to be uh, not good. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's uh, it's pretty difficult to execute a, a trade program or an export program for for shippers and 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 make those good connections with farmers as far as delivery times with that kind of delays. Prevent provincially um, anything notable? Uh, did CN still uh, do zero percent in Manitoba? Or did they manage to uh, to improve there? Well. Well, as you can imagine, when you look at the top line and you see 36 and 55, it's, it's uh, tough to imagine you're going to dig into the individual provinces and that the picture is going to be much rosier than that. Um, and it's not, you know, it looks a lot like it's looked for some time, um, very similar to last week, some improvement for CN. I mean, if we start um, at Alberta and work our way uh, the other way, uh, Alberta shippers, uh, they're getting it from both sides now. Um, you know, CN's been terrible all year. CP was, you know, super good for quite a while. Uh, not so much lately. And in week 26, they both kind of landed in the same zone with respect to their success rate. Uh, CN 42% and uh, CP 46%. So for CN, yes, that's improvement. Um, you know, they were 22%. Uh, week 25 and they were 13 percent the week before that so 42 percent probably looks good to some folks but that's 10 straight weeks for alberta shippers where they haven't gotten uh more than 42 percent of cars ordered in a week from cn and over that 10 week span the average weekly performance for cn is 30 percent which is you know shockingly bad um cp a little bit better um, you know, they were at 46% this week, but over the 10 weeks, they were averaging 55%. Uh, 
but uh, serious swings in some weeks, you know, from 90 down to 50 and vice versa. So um, delivering the cars and doing it consistently are, are both important and, and CP is showing neither right now. Manitoba, uh, yes, CN, uh, much better. Two straight weeks at zero. So they really put the pedal to the metal this week and they got to 13. Um, which, you know, I say facetiously and, and hopefully nobody takes that the wrong way, but it's, it's, it's so bad. It's, you almost have to find some humor in it in some respects. Uh, CP, um, 54% second week in a row. I mean, they've been consistently better than CN in Manitoba, generally speaking this year. Uh, they continue to be so, but uh, frankly, they're not very good recently uh, either. Saskatchewan, a uh, little change really for either railway, uh, CN at 37%, um, which is exactly what they've averaged over the last five weeks for Saskatchewan shippers. Um, and for, for CP, Saskatchewan was, you know, their best performing region, if you will, um, this week, uh, 65% which was, you know, uh, a notch down from the 67% we saw in week 25. So all of that to say that, you know, uh, we are seeing consistent performance across the provinces from both railways. Unfortunately, it's consistently poor, uh, which is not good news for anyone. So looking ahead, um, you know, uh, at this point in the year, we're getting a bit better weather, at least in grain. The demand is just incredibly low and probably going to just get lower and lower. Don't know about other commodities out there, but you know we're going to have to see a turnaround here eventually, you'd think, um, where, where things get sorted out. I mean, yeah. yeah. What, I mean, what do you, you see? And I... Yeah. <laughs> You, you and I have had this conversation weekly, I think, for, <laughs> for some time now, you know, continually asking, as I'm sure shippers are, uh, you know, when is this going to turn around? Like, it's, it's hard to fathom that um, perform, oh, A, that performance has been this bad for this long. But we have the track record and the data to, to, to prove that it has been. And everyone is wondering, when is this going to turn around? I mean, it always does. If we look back uh, historically at railway performance for the grain sector, you know, they always have their down period through the winter months uh, this year, particularly bad, as we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, and what's really uh, frustrating, I'm sure, for a lot of people is to look at the level of performance and then pair that with the fact that, as you say, demand is at historically low levels. Uh, the weather in Western Canada, anyway, has been pretty fair, if you will, uh, since the second week of January. And both of those things or factors should weigh in the favor of improved railway performance, but that has not been the case, which is really what's uh, confusing, if you will, from an, you know, an outside observer's perspective. You look at all of the um, 
factors that we can see that you would think are, uh, you know, have an impact on performance up or down. And for the most part, the ones that we can see um, weigh to the positive side of the ledger, not to the negative side of the ledger. And despite that, the railways, CN in particular, and people probably think I pick on CN a lot, but I think they've earned it, frankly. Um, you know, they just so far haven't been able to get it together, which, and there's, of course, as we've talked about, there's, there's little in the way of insight or communication coming from CN or CP uh, with respect to their performance or with respect to what they see performance, you know, being in the weeks to come, uh, maybe because they don't know, uh, you know, but that's an added frustration for, for stakeholders is they know it's bad, uh, but the railway doesn't even tell them why it's bad, what the problem is, or when they expect the problem to be resolved. So when you're in that kind of an environment and you're a shipper, to your point earlier, how do you plan an international supply chain when perhaps your single biggest service provider and the key link from your inland operations to your port operations, um, A, can't perform and B, can't tell you when they're going to perform. So, you know, pretty tough situation for shippers. And we're to the point where, you know, grain is obviously at, you know, historic lows, and it seems like the numbers keep going down week after week after week, and it's demand is right now trending down again in week 27 and in week 28. Um, you know, Prince Rupert, for example, their demand for week 28 this week is uh, down to 150 cars, which is a 50% drop from the week before that, which was a 50% drop from the four weeks before that. So supplies are running out. And at the end of the day, you know, as, as sad as it sounds, we may get to a point where uh, running out of grain is what turns the railways around. Um, but, you know, shippers need to start asking themselves, and not just shippers, frankly, shippers and regulators, industry stakeholders who are not railways, um, need to start thinking about what are we facing next year? when in theory, uh, the crop will return. I mean, we could always have two drought years in a row, but I don't think that happens very often. So if, if we end up with quote unquote normal demand uh, next year, are the railways gonna perform better? I don't think there's anything that anybody could see right now that would suggest that they should have confidence in the railway's ability to turn that around when demands likely spikes in the next green year. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great point. And, and certainly I think a lot of people are turning their attention to already to the new green year and probably something we'll explore at some point on the, on the podcast as well. And how, how preparation for that should look at least from our, from a rail perspective. Well, as always, thanks Milt. Appreciate your insight. Um, we'll talk to you next week. And for those who'd like to check out the reports, you can go to, agtransportcoalition.com and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.